Do not go over a single man's home by yourself, especially if you meet him online. All right, I want you to take your time and think about that. That's not a good idea at all. You're too young to know why you're doing it, but more importantly, you should not be doing it. Bring a friend, tell a parent. Oh, shocking. Tell your parents. Yes, because some of you guys won't be found. Okay, I love those movies, Taken, and uh, I forget the other ones, some of the other ones that they are taking kids and selling them, sex trafficking. Uh, those movies when the dads are searching the earth. But that's not a reality. That's a movie. Good afternoon and welcome to The Counselor. I am your host, Sheldon Stovall. So today we are going to be talking about something that is a little bit tough, uh, especially on some parents that's been going through uh, teen violence and um, guns. So we wanted to talk a little bit about that today. Uh, we've been having some polls out there and some people said, you know, my teen is very violent you know, what do I do? So, of course, you know, what you want to do is get the proper help you need. That's number one. We're going to examine that uh, on this series and figure out how um, this is going to work out for you and your family, all right? So stay with us. So I just want to quickly just go over a couple things. Uh, so if you have not subscribed to The Counselor, um, you know, make sure you subscribe. Uh, we thank all the subscribers uh, for just making you making me know that you guys are here and that you're watching and we are on every day starting at 10 o'clock here on YouTube um, we although the videos may be uh, anywhere from a half hour to 45 minutes our staff is still here all day 24 hours as you some of you all know um, so you can always give us a call you can email text um, the number is always scrolling on the bottom of the screen. All right. Um, and if you want to be a part of this conversation, if you want to be on the counselor, uh, you can always, uh, email me at promo at the counselor dot live, or you can slide up in my DMS. All right. So, uh, how does violence affect mental health? So consequences include increased incidences of depression. So we've been talking a lot about depression lately um, on the previous uh, series and anxiety. And we've been talking about symptoms and parents and friends. We want you guys to pay attention because this could be happening to your friend. And if it is happening to your friend, um, you know, you want to be able to help them out. You know, you don't want to see them moving into another place or the stages increase and the symptoms increase and then they think something comes something happens that you know we all might have regretted had we said something right should have or would have those people we've met them all right the should have and the would have all right so in, 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 increased incidences of anxiety or depression ptsd that's post-traumatic stress disorder for anyone uh, and suicide. 
So it's very important uh, that we continuously have these conversations. And, you know, I had someone call me last week and say, hey, we sat down and watched your uh, series on the cell phone addiction. And, you know, I every time that mom said it, every time she had mentioned to them, you know, about eating, you know, dinner and being on their cell phones and not talking as a family, uh, when they did hear it on one of the uh, counselor series, um, you know, it, it, was, it opened up a conversation because they heard it from somewhere else, right? So sometimes this is a good opportunity to open up a conversation and even have someone else mention it um, and then, you know, have them ask questions, right? Um, so increased risk of cardiovascular disease and premature mortality, right? So... You know, people can die, right? They're, they're, this is how serious these things can happen, right? Uh, the health consequences, uh, consequences of violence vary with the age and sex of the victim as well as the form of violence, right? So it varies. So if you have a teen or a young adult that's getting violently angry, um, you know, due to being asked to take out the trash, right, or doing, you know, simply scolding him about their F on the report card, right? This thing needs to be brought to attention right away, right? It's very important that you take care of that matter in the beginnings and start out by seeking, you know, some type of professional help, right? Because professional help, we already kind of deal with these type of situations. And yes, they're going to be hesitant to come you know, to counseling. So just work with a, a counselor or a coach and see about how to start getting the your child or your teen the help that they need. All right, so is there a connection between mental illness and juvenile delinquency? Um, in 2006, a National uh, Mental Health Association reported that the prevalence of disruptive behavior disorders among youth in juvenile justice systems is between 30 and 50 percent. All right, that's a lot. Uh, and it's due, again, to anxiety disorders that are untreated, right, because you can't get your unruly child to a counselor, right? PTSD in particular, right, if your children are experiencing things having to do with violence, you know, dad punching on mom, mom doing violent things to dad, right? Children are sitting there watching the whole thing, right? That makes someone, you know, it, it, it causes some type of trauma, right, that, that they're, they're starting to be exposed to, right, from what you guys are exposing them to, right? So parents, you need to watch, and we talk about that a lot, watch, about, watch out what you're doing in front of your children as far as becoming violent or arguing or being angry with each other, right? Go to another room. Go in the car and argue. Right? Your kids will be fine for a few minutes. Go in the car. Yell at the top of your lungs, right? But when you come in, be at peace. Let those children grow up not seeing that type of behavior from their own parents, right? And then when they're, they become violent and beating up people in their schools or punching on their girlfriends or boyfriends, right? You want to get upset with them. But where do you think they learned the behavior, right? So we want to think about our what we're doing in front of our children, right? And among juvenile defenders, especially girls, it's very prevalent, this violent behavior goes. So 
we need to think about how we're going to start handling this, right? So I wanted to kind of mention some stats that I kind of came up with. Uh, rates of youth homicide among females are much lower than rates among males, almost everywhere, right? So it's a fact that, you know, we're seeing that, that the boys are getting exposed to more violent weapons, guns, right? Boys getting BB guns for Christmas, some of these little things, these uh, toy guns. We used to joke in um, when our family were younger, we would see the nephews get a little toy gun, and we would say, is he going to turn it this way or is he going to turn it this way, right? And it's not a joke when you think about it as an adult, but, you know, children are getting guns, toy guns being put in their hands early, right? Seeing it on television in cartoons, right? You know, everybody's blowing everybody up. Video games are the most violent things I've ever seen in my entire life of living. I mean, these video games are frightening, right? Some of these kids play them in the pitch dark, and they're in their room. They haven't washed for three days. They've been online with all these strange people that they don't know, right? And they're playing these violent games. So what do you think starts going into their mind, right? So parents, you got to think about that. When that game says PG-13 or not for kids under a certain age, as much as they want it, Remember, there's reasons, right? Because some ideas get put into children's heads early, and then once it sets in, the curiosity starts, right? And then the kids start thinking about doing things that they should not be doing, right? So how many youth are incarcerated in the United States? And, you know, I, you know, I do substance abuse groups all the time, and this country has the most jails in the entire world combined. And it has the most people in jail in the entire world. So that's something to think about where there's something that we are missing, right? Um, so as far as our youth is concerned, on any given day, nearly 60,000 youth under 18 are incarcerated in juvenile jails and in prisons in the United States, okay? And these age groups, they range anywhere between 18 and 21, and it's due to something most likely like a violent crime, all right? And then they start giving statistics, which we won't go over right now, but then there are statistics, all right, of, of how this is going on and where it's going on, right? And so we think about violent crimes, what do we think about? Guns, right? Shooting each other, right? When they're watching these videos on some of these networks, like I remember growing up, I wasn't allowed to watch MTV, and I could not understand why. I'm like, everyone watches MTV, right? TRL and all those, I'm telling my age again, right? I remember watching all that, La La and Tigger and all these different people, right? I, I remember watching that when I was a teenager turning 18, 19, whatever, right? I remember seeing all these, but I, when I was younger, I wasn't able, I was not allowed to watch things on certain networks because of the ideas and, that were going into my mind. 
And so, parents, I want you to think about these stats as I read them to you because I want you to know that this is how and why your children are ending up in jail. Okay, when they're watching violent movies and watching different things and people are hurting people and punching people and destroying and shooting and killing. I mean, there's things some people aren't as as intelligent as others. Uh, Let me say that back again. Some people aren't as intelligent as others are. And that's not putting anyone down with lesser intelligence. Right. So when you see someone, when a baby sees someone smack someone a whole bunch of times, what is the baby going to do? He's going to pick his hand up and smack someone too, right? So when a child sees someone doing something, like one might say, you know, morally, that's wrong. You know, you can't hit that person or you can't shoot anybody. And then another child would say, I don't see what's wrong with it, right? So you can't measure how a child's morals are right away, but their exposure to the violence parents being exposed to this type of thing is something that we want to start thinking about. Okay. So, uh, these are just some statistics that I found. Um, you know, 18 to 21 year olds were most likely to experience a serious violent crime. Um, African Americans in the age group were most vulnerable 72 victimizations per 1000 blacks, uh, 50, victimizations per 1,000 whites and 89 victimizations per 1,000 Hispanics, right? So uh, these stats are just saying the stats of these children are in jail and they classified, you know, how they got there. And, you know, these pe- these numbers don't lie. These kids have went to jail for some type of violent crime, okay? So there's something to be thought of. All right. One of the things is that you need to start talking with your parent, your children, kids, uh, parents, talking with them. Talk about your past. You know, when you used to fight in school, right, when you used to mess with people and pick on people and things happened and bully people. If you did it, talk about with that your children and don't talk about it like it was funny because you got away with it because did you get away with it? Right. You never know what you've done to someone. And a good example, um, there was a a friend of mine who went to a job interview and um, to be a sergeant. And, uh, you know, he was just telling me how, you know, he went to academy and all these things. And, you know, he was up, you know, he was trying to go for sergeant. I'm not sure the whole thing, how that worked. But the supervisor happened to be someone that he bullied in junior high. And so as he sat there, he was looking at his face. The guy was looking at him directly in his eyes, and he kept wondering why was the man staring at him so much. So finally, they kind of ended the conversation, and he asked, you know, did you ever go to this school? He said, yes. Oh, he said, oh, I remember you. And he said, do you know? Right? It just, you know, just thinking about that scenario, do you ever think bullies and kids that pick on other kids that one day you guys might grow up and that person might be your supervisor, right? That person might be someone that might save your life, okay? Sometimes you guys do things, and I call call these people mistake makers, right? There's this type of people that I classify as mistake makers now. They, They make mistakes, and then they say, I'm sorry, 
and then they expect you to forgive them and then be their best friend. And then they meet the next person, they make more mistakes, and they say, I'm sorry. They somehow never learn not to make mistakes initially. So for all those mistake makers in the world, you know, it's not a good thing when you're when you learn by making mistakes. Because what happens is sometimes you meet someone who does not accept mistakes. Okay? And when that person does not accept mistakes, what's next? Right? So again, violence, these things go on both both sides of the fence, right? Sometimes we've seen and heard these stories, which we're going to read about in a minute, of teens who got bullied, who got picked on so much that when they went back to school, the uh, things weren't nice for those other students, right? So you guys need to start learning. And again, these are learned behaviors, right? Parents, you need to start looking at your children's behaviors, Right. When the teachers are sending notes home saying that little Tom is being picked on, pay attention to that. Ask your child questions. Get involved. Get more involved in the schools. Right. <clears throat> Does it take having to have issues in order to um, and wait till things get extreme like Columbine, for example? Right. Where uh, the whole school was shot up and children were killed. Because, it's, you know, they were victimized, right? So we need to start thinking about um, our behaviors to others, right? All right, so children and teens in the U.S. experience staggeringly high rates of gun deaths and injuries. They, also, uh, they are also harmed when a friend or family member is killed with a gun, right? So even we've seen... You know, some of these riots that have, have happened even during the pandemic, um, you know, with the uh, the gun violence on the young lady who was killed by the police officers. Right. And the Black Lives Matters movement uh, went forward marching for justice. Right. So people were angry. Right. And sometimes they let some of the family members come up and they let them speak on the podium, you know, at the rallies. And you can see the hurt you know, in the mother's faces, right? And I, I want parents, and if you do have violent children, bring them over to come see the counselor and talk to the counselor, right? Or even watch the counselor, right? Because you've got to start thinking about someone else besides yourself when you're living your life hurting people, right? So that's why I said I'm taking my time with this. This is a tough topic, but it's so needed because, you know, there are people that are affected, by things that are done, right? Violence, right? When someone they know is shot, right? You always see, if you ever go notice, and sometimes you drive in certain neighborhoods, you'll see little candles with little flowers and pictures and teddy bears, right? Someone in the neighborhood, someone that everybody knew and loved was killed by an accidental, accidental stray bullet, right? These are horrible things, that are going on in the inner cities and in some of these neighborhoods where there's so much increased gang violence, right? So it's important that you guys start paying attention. It's not affecting you. If you put that thing in your hand, you have a high rate or high potential that that gun may go off and harm someone 
or even take their life. And if you ask any of these people on death row, if you ever watch any of these specials on death row and on death in prison, you would really start to see and understand mistakes, okay, when you're younger and you do things that, that you're going to regret for the rest of your life. All right, and a lot of you guys don't think about it. You know, you're going in jail with your pretty little face, you know, and all that hair because you're so young. And 50 or 45 years later, you're walking out an old man. You've missed 40 something years of life because you decided to pick up a gun and think that it was cool to use it. Right? So these are mistakes, and some of these guys will tell you. You know, they'll say it. I remember one of those shows that they were talking about with the, uh, when they would meet some of the, the would meet some of the hard headed teens. Right. Um, I can't remember the name of it, but they would go and they would uh, scared straight. That's it. They And they would scare those children. And, you know, and parents started complaining. And why would you ever do something like that? They were trying to show you your future. Right. When they're telling them. I used to be like you. They're telling you that for a reason. They're saying, I recognize the behaviors that you're displaying, right? And when people are trying to help you, listen, because I'm telling you, 40 and 50 years in jail for shooting somebody because you got mad or because they looked at your girlfriend or because they stepped on your sneaker or because somebody looked back or somebody looked over here or somebody touched your car. I mean, some of these things are so stupid. And when you hear some of these stories, right, from some of these guys, you know, they everybody says the shoulda, couldas, and wouldas. You know, you know those people, right? I shoulda and you shoulda and I woulda. Those people. Right? You know them, right? We all know them, right? When, when they start saying those things, you know, it's too late. And, of course, you have to know that. Yes, forgiveness is there. But do you know some people, because you took a life of one of their family members, will live their life to make sure you die in jail. Okay? So... Uh, when someone they know, someone they know is shot, when they witness and hear gunshots, right? So even when these kids, I mean, I feel so bad for them these days that they have to know how to duck, okay? If they're starting to hear gunfire in school, I'm talking about sixth graders and fifth graders, right? They have to learn in school how to hide under the desk, how to hide. Um, to drop the to drop the table down or the big big desk down and hide behind there to, to and block their ears right from the bullets and the guns if, if it ever happened. Whoever thought our life would get to that point, right? All right. So gun homicides, non-fatal shootings, right? Some people like to literally play with guns, like they like them. They're cool to look at, right? So they start playing with them right putting their hand in the, and just spinning them around now psh, all of a sudden they've killed their friend oh no oops accidents and exposure to gun violence stunt lives right it destroys your lives and because of their disappropriate proportionate impact reflect and intensify this country's long-standing racial inequities 
All right. So I want to leave you guys on that. I want you guys to start thinking more, more about what to do now. Right. When you're presented with a gun, just like if you're presented with uh, um, drugs, what should the number one answer be? Okay, so I just want to say and extend always, um, if you find any of this material that um, has affected you or you know someone who's struggling with gun violence or just being violent to other people, um, always, number one, call the authorities, especially if they have them. Don't call the counselor. We can't help you, right? Um, but get on the phone. You can call us. We do have access to the Counseling Network, which has... Um, counselors all over the country listed uh, that are fully licensed and willing to help. All right, so you can give us a call. The number is always scrolling down on the screen. You can email me at promo at the counselor.e. I'm sorry, that's wrong. It's promo at the counselor.live, or you can slide up in my DM.